everyone. Welcome to the Envision Podcast. I'm your host, Amanda Hanquist, and I'm the CEO of Envision Nutrition. I'm here to take you from imagining your future possibilities to turning them into actual realities. I've taken everything I've learned over the course of five years of bodybuilding and have combined it with my 15 years of experience at being a busy working mom to create the best nutrition and fitness strategies. Now I'm bringing all that I've learned over to you through Envision Nutrition and giving you pieces of it through this very podcast. We'll be releasing a new episode every single Tuesday morning, so be sure to subscribe and turn on your notifications because you don't want to miss a thing. Shay, welcome to the show. So excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. We were just talking, so Shay has a podcast called um, Get Uncomfortable, um, an enlightened athlete podcast, which I absolutely love because Shay and I are both from, you're from the area, right? Yep. Uh, actually went to high school in Donovan and then graduated okay. from Hastings college. Cool. So we live, um, so I have a lot of, uh, like national, uh, listeners. And so I just kind of want to give them the surrounding, but we live like literally smack dab in the middle of the United States, kind of an agricultural community. Um, and so it's so fun to find, you know, like-minded progressive individuals. I feel like our area sometimes is a little, um, has a little lag time behind, um, you know, what's, what's going on out there. So it's just really fun to connect with Shay and, um, you know, him and I have a lot of the same values as far as, um, health, fitness, nutrition, just, you know, crushing life, so to speak. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's, uh, you know, I grew up in an era where the internet was fairly new. So there was not a lot of new information coming in, especially like we're the last place to get new trends, new ideas, new things, because we're not hubs of transportation, right? Absolutely. Yep. But the internet, the advent of the internet and it becoming more uh, prolific has really offered up so much information out there. I always say, if you don't know something now, it's because you've chosen not to learn about it because the internet's out there. Well, and I don't know, I think we're close to the same age. I would imagine I went to college when Facebook was just for college students. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. (laughs) Believe it or not. So here's the funny thing. I met Shay at a brewery. How funny is that? (laughs) it's fitting right yeah it's very fitting because you know what we believe in eating good things working really hard being really driven and having fun absolutely i you have to enjoy your life if you don't enjoy the journey so i've always heard this saying the the prize everybody thinks there's this prize at the end of the road but in reality the the prize is the journey right so if you're not enjoying the journey you're gonna miss you're gonna miss the whole point Totally. Like, you know, and I, I always obviously kind of correlate everything to competing because that was a huge part of my life and and still is in some way. But what I learned along the way of competing is that if you're living for that moment of being on stage, you're going to be so disappointed the very next day. Um, because it, it really is, it's about, you know, pushing yourself to limits. You didn't think that you could, it's about, um, seeing new things that your body was capable of doing, um, putting your mind in just a different mindset that you, that you didn't even know existed. And, and those are the things aside from that day of getting on stage that really make it the greatness of what it is. Yeah. There's 364 other days in the yep. year that you need to find fulfillment and enjoy. Uh, I was talking with a dad the other day. He is on a weight loss journey. And he, I said, what's your 
main concern? What's your biggest goal? He's like, okay, so everybody says they want the six pack, but he said the six pack, like looking in the mirror for five seconds out of all the other hours in the day, he's like, it's not worth it for me. I just want to feel better. He's like, I don't need to have a six pack. I'm not so concerned with that. He's like, I want to feel better. I want to be able to play with my kids. I want to, I want to be healthy and live a long time. He's like, it's not so much about the six packs. Like if that comes great, but he's like, I just want to be healthy and have a a fulfilled life. And I'm like, that my man is the move. That's what we got to get to. I love that because honestly, like, like that's just the extra credit that comes with it. Right. If you happen to get a six pack along the way, that's pretty, that's pretty freaking cool. Like that's awesome. But yeah, it is. It's like, I've I've worked with so many people that they don't realize how crappy they felt until they finally felt good. And then, and then that makes them want to make better choices because if I eat that, I'm going to feel like shit for four hours and I don't want to do that. So, you know, it really does come with it. Um, and then things kind of start to snowball after that. Yeah, they I've worked. So we started going. So since COVID started, I run a gym here in these things called enlightened athlete. Yeah, we we moved online. So we had group classes. We're doing personal training. We got rid of the group classes because I at the time didn't feel like I could even market them and still feel Okay, I, this was when COVID was just starting, and I didn't know a lot about it. But now, the you know, we did get rid of the classes, but we've moved online. We've allowed people that don't feel comfortable coming in. That's not an excuse to get unhealthy. That's not an excuse no. to put your health on the back burner. The worst thing you can do is stay at home, locked up, and do no physical activity. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, you still have to maintain that health. And now there's so much research coming out. We did a whole episode on this on the on the other podcast that I have. Yeah, we literally it shows the the research shows that health is one of the biggest contributing factors to the severity that you will be impacted by COVID specifically. Right. So if you're healthier, you are going to get less is sick. Is that the one that you did with Dakota? Yep. Okay. I think I listened to that one, but yes, like that, that kind of hit me because, and two, you know, there's so many people that are uh, afraid and I guess I don't want to get into this too much. We don't want to be a podcast about COVID. Right. But, (laughs) but like you honestly, and I think you had said this in one of your podcasts too, but like you're, I'm going to get it wrong. So you're gonna have to correct me, but your energy goes where your focus. Wait, nope. You say it, you say it. (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna have to think about it for a second. So Uh, energy flows where focus goes, yes. I think is how it goes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's what you said. I can never get it right on the, I have to like type it out, but you know, you saying that it's like, it's so true. So if you're constantly worried about getting sick, if you're constantly worried about getting, you know, all of the things like you're, you're probably going to, because that's where your energy is. And that's going to lead you down this like path of, of negativity. So, um, and I love how I really feel like progressive entrepreneurs like yourself, didn't just lay down and die when you had to close your gym and you just were like, okay, that sucks, but how do we, what do we do? Let's figure it out. And I think that that can correlate too with things in life because we're always going to have stuff that happens. We're always going to like life is going to happen and life doesn't care about your goals. Life doesn't care, um, you know, about the fact that you want to run a marathon or the fact that you want to be able to, um, you know, bench 400 pounds or whatever it is. But the, the, the difference between people that achieve their goals and the difference between, between, and I think you said it, um, it's, it's in the little things, it's in the little consistent things that they do that make or break, whether they're going to reach their goals or not. Yeah. Life is indifferent. It's not that it, 
you know, there's not always going to be all green lights for everything to work out for you, but it's also not that there's some, uh, you know, nefarious plan working against you either. It's indifferent and Mm -hmm. it's up to you, how you perceive things and your mindset and how you attack things. I just recorded an episode yesterday with Greg Everett. He's a world renowned Olympic weightlifting coach. And he wrote a new book called tough. And it's all about uh, mental, emotional, and physical uh, toughness for success and fulfillment. I mean, it is literally about this life is indifferent and to live a healthy lifestyle is, it sounds good to say, I'm going to lose 50 pounds. or I'm going to lose a hundred pounds. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. You should have big goals like that, but the way you're going to get there, or I'm going to, I'm going to deadlift 600 pounds. I'm going to win a powerlifting competition. Those are great, but it doesn't, you don't just wake up one day and have that happen, right? It's right. all the little things that you do every day in and out that add up to the big change. So it seems like a big overwhelming goal sometimes for people to start their weight loss journey. They're like, I don't, I don't know if I can do this. It's too much. It's too restrictive. I don't know what to do. All you have to do is just start. And then you start learning more and more and more. And those little things that you do every day, don't get the cookie, have a smaller pop instead of a large pop. It's not necessarily, you can never have pop again. Okay. You've been drinking larges, get a small keto and detox and fast all at once sustainability is the key consistency and sustainability. And if you just start and do the little things, it's better. So I totally love, like, we're so on the same page here. Um, because I do get asked, I mean, I I've had three kids I'm in my late thirties and, um, I value my athleticism. I value what I put into my body and I get asked a lot, um, you know, what I do and, And I appreciate where you're coming from too, because it's not a sexy answer. It's not a, oh, I just take this pill and I only eat two times a day and I stop eating past three o'clock. No, that's not it at all. Like, no, I just, it's taken a long time. I didn't just wake up like this. And same with a lot of the clients that we've worked with it. it, It's not a sexy answer and it's not what most people want to hear, but I appreciate that there's another advocate out there. Um, talking about the compound effect and talking about how these little things add up to big things over time. Um, you know, and, and I know that you said you really, people really do underestimate what they can do in one year and overestimate what they can do in one day. And there really is power behind that statement. It's, I would say at this point, a universal truth. If you can stick to the grind for a long time, grit, you know, having grit is, going to be something that's so beneficial. You set your sights on a, on a big lofty goal and then you do the work down in the dirt. You're up in the clouds, yeah. but then you do the work in the dirt every day. Being able to do that is one of the most useful things you could ever adopt mindset wise. And I like what you said, you value your athleticism. Mm-hmm. Most people forget after high school that they, they are athletes. They can be mm-hmm. athletes. Athletes are humans mm-hmm. who just train a different way maybe than, than you do every day or uh, eat a different way than you do every day. But if you are, you can be an athlete. Everyone is an athlete. I literally call anybody who comes here an athlete. That's I how we're going to train. I love it. And you said, I value the, the time or, or I get a, I get a return from the time I put into my body. That is one big thing I would like people to start talking about more. Yeah. It's if you're investing in a trainer, you're investing in a nutrition coach. If you're investing in a gym membership, anything coaching, It is not an expense. It's an investment because there's a return on investment. You are getting health back. You're getting years on your life back. You're getting freedom. Uh, You're being self-reliant. You don't have to rely. You know, I used to work at a pharmacy where I sold medical equipment and Mm -hmm. I would see people come in and they're 60 years old and they have to get a walker with a roller walker with, with handles because they can't get up out of a chair. 
on their own. They literally need a supportive device at 60. You need to invest in yourself because that's going to give you freedom. Yeah. And it may seem expensive now, but how much did that walker cost? <laughs> how right. much does it cost that you can't go play with your grandkids? How much does it cost for that medication every single month that you have to take because you have heart disease? Um, there, yeah, there's so many, there's so many things to unwrap in in what you just said. Um, and speaking of investing in yourself, um, so I met Shay through my husband Sean, who has a company called Fit CFO. Um, and so he introduced me to Shay because he's like, you guys like obviously are into the same stuff. So it was really, really cool to me. And then Sean and I were on date night and we went to this brewery and Shane and his buddy were sitting there, Shane and Dakota, they just did a podcast together. Um, anyway, we just, we started chatting forever. We kind of like jumped in on your party and <laughs> in the middle of our date night and we started chatting forever. And then we're like, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. We should probably, we should probably go finish our date here. <laughs> Well, that happens when you meet people that have uh, similar interests. And, yeah. you know, it was funny. It was uh, Zach was my buddy that was sitting there and he oh, went on this okay. weight loss oh, journey. And we yeah. kind of talked about that, too. And uh, He's I'm got an amazing story. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have him on uh, my podcast for sure. He's going to come on. We're going to do an episode about that, but we might have to have him come on yours, too. Oh, man, his story. I could have listened to him talk all day like amazing. And he really is someone that, um, I admire because, so I think like you and I, um, I, I think you're in the same boat as me. I never had, I was, I was a skinny kid. Um, I could eat whatever I want up until I had kids. And then due to pregnancy complications, I did gain a ton of weight because of that. But ultimately I've always been a smaller individual. I've never been extremely overweight. Um, and so I know sometimes that's hard to resonate with people that have had to go through that, that tough journey of being extremely overweight. And, um, you know, Zach has this amazing story of being this dad, being this husband that knew he needed to make a change and he did it. Yeah. He, he was ready. Yeah. I think that was the key. Uh, he realized at one point that I'm done with this. And when he made that decision, that's what allowed him to work through the ups and the downs because he felt prepared. He made a decision in his mind and it was, it, it seems like making a decision takes a long time and it's all this buildup. But really when you truly make a decision, it's done. You make that decision and it's over and he was ready and he did it. Yeah. And I really think that, yeah, you, you hit it on the, on the head there with being ready because, and I'm sure you've worked with clients too, who, yeah, I'm ready. Put me in coach. And they're not ready. They're not there. You give them, a, you give them a little bit of, of resistance and they, um, you know, it's, it's too hard. So they really do have to be ready. Um, I know for me, and, and we'll talk about this. I had, I sent over a couple of questions for you, but for me, it was, I was a, a busy working mom, working a ton, putting my career first. And, um, you know, I was, I was driving home from, I used to have a, an office in Kearney. So it was about 45 minutes away. And I was driving home one night, just absolutely starving, but knew I didn't want to eat because it would make me gain weight. And I didn't want to gain weight because anyways, and I just knew I'm like, there has to be a better way than this. There has to be a better way than me just not eating, you know? And that's when I found, that's when I found bodybuilding. And that's when I found that there, you really can't eat a lot of food. You just have to eat differently and you have to make different choices and you have to move your body and you can't just sit behind a desk all day and, and call it good. Um, but 
ready and willing, you know, is the big thing there. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a big one. And I, I had the same problem actually, where when I started the business, I was working so much that I would just end up not eating. Yeah. And it's not so much for me that I was worried about gaining weight because I have a hard time gaining weight. I've always been a, a, a very skinny kid. I, had asthma when I was little. I was allergic to everything. They did the the allergy test where they put the allergens oh, on your well, back. You were that poor kid that <laughs> had yeah. the allergies and everything. They're like, you're allergic to outside. Like, don't go outside. Oh my god, and, you're allergic to being outside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it really. Every animal. I mean, any. I mean, there was like trees I'd never heard of. They're like, you're allergic to this tree. You're allergic to this grass. I. I mean, I would have asthma attacks when I was a little kid. I had. No, I called. Uh, I was skinny fat. I had no muscle. Oh yeah, I, literally I know about looked the fat thing. <laughs> soft. Yeah, yes. I was not yes. athletic at all. But I, I mean, I literally, I don't have asthma anymore. I'm not allergic to hardly anything. I don't have any issues with allergies anymore because of my lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yep. I I ate better. I started exercising. I developed athleticism through that. Just practice years and years of practice. And I the when I changed my diet, that's when I felt so much better. I mean, I literally got rid of the health problems that I had as a kid, but I would get into the same thing when I started the business. I would just not eat. I was so busy that I would never eat. And then I, I realized I didn't, I didn't work out anymore because I was just constantly working. I, I mean, I, I got probably in the last 10 to 15 years of my life, the least healthy that I've been. And I wasn't terribly out of shape. I would still work out and go run on the weekends and still, I would lift weights. That was part of my life, but not as often and not as yeah. much and not dedicated, not, not a program. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing I think people can do to for themselves, for their health, is to schedule out time in your week. It doesn't even have to be every day, a couple times a week. Maybe it's on the weekends, but schedule that time in your calendar. Put it in as an appointment. It's an appointment for yourself. Yeah. And do not deviate. Do not let that slip by. Do not say, oh, I can do it tomorrow. You've got to schedule that time and do not let it slip. And don't overthink it. I think a lot of people like overthink it. Well, if I don't have an hour and a half to do this, 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 and this, then I can't go at all. And I'm really big on utilizing your, what I call your small minutes. Um, And so if I only have 30 minutes, okay, cool. I got 20 minutes to crush something, you know, I got, I got to get it done. And then my other piece to that is find what works for you. You know, what you said, it just goes back to sustainability So try out mornings for a while. If you find yourself consistently missing, maybe that's not the best time for you. Try noon. If that doesn't work, maybe try right after work. So on and so forth. You might have to try out a couple of different routines for yourself before you find what actually works for you. So like I just recently sold my insurance agency after 12 years of going into the office eight to five and um, started working from home and then thought, cool. I can go to the gym at 10 AM or 4 PM or what was ended up happening is I was literally working like five hours a day, you know, finding myself constantly behind at work. And then I would step up work and then I would find myself never working out. And so I just eventually had to try out, okay, it sucks, but morning is literally the only time that I can do it, that I will stick through it every single day. Even when I don't really want to go, I'm still going to get myself to go in the morning. Yeah, I love that. I love that sentiment of trying different things, not being married to one plan. And then when it doesn't work, giving up. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Figure out what works for you. That's yeah. what you have to do. That's great. That's a that's the practical application of that. Practical application. Yes, that's that's the word right there. Yep. Yeah. So, 
So tell me about, so I know that you, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a degree in nutrition or, um, tell me about that. Yeah. So my degree is in, I have a bachelor's in exercise science and my minor okay. is in strength and conditioning, but I am certified through precision nutrition Yep. and I took the, uh, CSCS test. So the certified strength conditioning specialist. So I'm also cool. a CSCS as well. That's awesome. Um, and you've had your gym for how long? Three years now. Oh, wow. Yeah. We just passed. And three, during well, a global pandemic is one of those years. So like almost like a third of your career has been through a global pandemic. <laughs> where specifically my industry yeah. was targeted and tried to shut down. I mean, for whatever reason they had, but most businesses fail within the first year. Anyway, 50% of small businesses fail in the first year. So once I made it to the first year, I was like, okay, all right, we made it through one milestone. <laughs> and I quit my job. Uh, I quit my full-time job. I uh, literally didn't have health insurance. We got married and bought a house immediately after I quit my job. So I was like, this has to work. <laughs> it was like, my wife was like, I don't know if I want to get married to you. You just literally got rid of all stability that we had. So <laughs> I'm just kidding. But when you had your back against the wall, you came through. Yeah. Yeah. It, it pulled out. I, I was very lucky. We actually grew last year. So we got larger. I brought on Dakota uh, to help into the gym. We started a, a jujitsu program, a kid's jujitsu program. We started uh, the adults jujitsu. We have jujitsu 101 now. Like I said, we went online. So we I were able talking to about that with your brother and wow, that sounds amazing. I, so I am huge on, I don't know how you are, but I'm huge on trying different things and not just being like, of course, bodybuilding will kind of always be my core, but I love CrossFit. I love, um, just like, I don't know. I just love all the different things I've tried, um, Krav Maga before I've, you know, and, and now, um, we're taking my son to like a boxing thing. I'm like, oh, I can get boxing a try. I mean, I don't really want to take one of the face, but we could give it a whirl. <laughs> I love that you offer that for kids though. Yeah. I think, well, the reason we do it is because that is something that I wanted. I wish I, I wish I would have had as yeah. a kid cause I got bullied a lot. Sure. Um, and it just gives you this sense of confidence and capability because you're like, I know I can handle it in a way that I want to. And it's a great workout. It, it requires discipline. It requires focus. So just outside of a, being a fantastic workout, you're learning a valuable life skill. And hopefully my goal is to reduce bullying with this process. If everybody would do jujitsu or, or Muay Thai, boxing, wrestling, I love wrestling. We have wrestling days in here that we do now. Uh, I think there'd be less bullying. Everybody would be like, in a better mood, one, because everybody's working out yep. so hard. Okay, and two, everybody understands, okay, we're all physically capable. We understand what we can do. We're going to maybe resolve this a different way. Because when you get into that mindset, you you realize I don't have to solve this with physicality, right? Okay. We, we can probably talk through it because you're, I love jujitsu because it's like human chess. You're thinking yeah. so much. I mean, you're yeah. constantly thinking it, it. It's so much fun. Well, and you just seriously gave me goosebumps with that like put an end to bullying thing. Like, Oh my gosh, that is, that is amazing. I, I never, I was always kind of the mediocre kid, like mediocre in a sense that I, I was never bullied, but I was never like super duper popular. I was just always like, I was always a nice girl. Um, never a tremendous athlete by any means, but I was a tremendous, um, singer and I just was always like in the middle, but I, I did see kids get bullied and that always made my heart really hurt. Um, 
And then like me, I always wanted to be a really good athlete, but I just never was. And I think for me, the, just the, so I don't like the train, um, smarter, not harder. I like to train smarter and harder, I guess. Cause I think you do need both, but so I think if you have the the smarter part, cause you have to train intentionally or you can't just go in and just like, cool, I'm going to do back today, I guess. I mean, you have to have intentionality behind it. And then also putting that nutrition piece together is literally makes or breaks the difference between how well you, you'll perform and how well you want won't. And so I think the fact that you've got the ability to give your clients both of those avenues and put them together, I mean, seriously, I really do think that you can make a huge impact in the sense of bullying and um, with those kids. I mean, that's, that's unbelievable. And I think that you will resonate with so many people. So that's like huge right there. You seriously gave me goosebumps with that. That's awesome. That's uh, well, you know, I went through it. I was the kid that was getting bullied. And I mean, it was for years and every day. And I remember just feeling helpless. Uh, That's what started me on this journey. The reason I started working out at all was because I was like, I, my, one of my favorite shows of all time, I'm a little bit of a nerd, uh, Dragon Ball Z. It's a like a Japanese anime show where they have okay. these warriors who train all the time and they have these superpowers, super cool. But the reason I started training was because I was like, I bet Super Saiyans, that's like the characters in Dragon Ball Z, don't get picked my, So my 12-year-old son probably knows exactly what you're talking about, but I have no idea. But please continue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, he might not. It's a little bit of an older show, but oh, okay. uh, I actually have some little guys on my podcast table here, uh, little figurines that one of my clients got me that are from the show. Oh, I but, love it. Uh, I, that's why I started training. So I was like, they don't get picked on. And then I started yeah. working out and then it gave me more self-confidence. And then I, that's how I got into the whole journey of self-improvement, self-development. I got into Buddhist teachings. I got into uh, you know, meditation. I got into all sorts of stuff that allow you to change your perspective and understand why somebody's doing something. And I also got very lucky with my wife, Bree. She's a licensed mental health practitioner. So she studied psychology. She studied mindset. She studied behavior. And I was able to pick her brain and figure out why somebody does something. And let's see if we can change it. You know, it's not always a personal attack on you. It's maybe something's going on in their life. Well, that too. And I think a lot of it is the energy that you bring to the table too, right? Um, there's a lot of guys that aren't very big that didn't get picked on, you know? And so like, what's the difference in those energies? And and I think you now exuding knowledge and confidence and just the mindset that you bring at a different level, uh, you're not the same kid that you were years ago. No. Yeah, no, not at all. And I think that's where training and nutrition come in so heavily because it allows you to feel confident in yourself. And you recognize when you feel better and you feel more confident in your own body and your own skin, you recognize maybe I don't have to react to every perceived slight that I get because I'm good. I feel good. I'm happy. I know I worked out today. Like I'm, you know, if you get into like a road rage incident, which I've seen happen, I don't do it that much, but you start out at a seven out of 10 because you've had a bad day. You don't feel good. You haven't expressed any energy by working out or eating well, you've been eating like crap you're at a seven, it's way easier to get to a 10. If you work out really hard and you've been eating good and you feel good, you sleep good and you're hydrated, you go in at a three. It's much harder to get to a 10. Like you have so much more room. You can handle so much more because you feel better. Training and nutrition are, I think, a non-negotiable. So I totally, I totally agree with you on that. And, And not only that, but it's like, 
you perceive what other people think of you different too. And, and I guess what I mean by that is how many times, especially, you know, before you um, were the person you are now, if somebody gave you a look or uh, maybe they didn't wave at you when you waved or something like you used to immediately think, Oh my God, what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? Why, why do they not like me? And now it's different. Oh, they probably just didn't see me or, Oh, you know, maybe they're just having a bad day instead of, Oh God, what's wrong with me? What did I do? Yeah. You can, you can let it go. You can brush it off. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that just, and, and not only that, it'd go the other way. Like a lot of people, a lot of times people that are unhappy are also not treating other people that great either. Exactly. If you feel terrible every day because you're, you're eating processed food, you're eating the wrong stuff, you're not getting good sleep, you're not exercising. I mean, you feel bad. You're probably more likely to be crabby or mean yeah. to other people. Right. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about recently you did a, like a gaining journey, like a muscle gaining journey. So I do a lot of interesting diets and not because of how you would think, like I'm trying to lose weight or anything. I do a lot of different diets because I want to know what my clients have gone through. And I just want to, if I like for keto, for example, I was just like, keto's dumb. Like why would anybody ever do that? I need my carbs. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm tired of being this like one-sided individual. I'm going to try it. And I tried it. I've done it three times. And just to see what the rate is, just to see if I do feel better, just to see how my energy is. I want to actually see what it's like before I go and, and crash on it. And so, um, I was just curious if you have done that or, um, what your thoughts are on, I just heard about your recent muscle gain journey and I just didn't know if that was sparked by something or tell me about that. Yeah. I, I love that you do that. That helps you be a better coach. I think, uh, I think it's necessary. You, I mean, it's not that you have to know exactly what they're going through. Mm -hmm. But if you don't try some different methods, counting calories, counting macros, hand portions, food journaling, yep. uh, trying to gain weight, trying to go keto, trying to go low carb, high carb, figuring out what works, what you can try, it's going to allow you to use more tools in your yep. coaching toolbox. It's going to allow you to help your people better. Um, and I do similar things as well. So the muscle gain thing was actually, this was just for fun. This was personal, yeah. um, for jujitsu actually. Okay. I, uh, like I said, so when I started the gym, I actually, I started doing intermittent fasting because I yeah. was like, let's see what the, let's see what this is about. Let's see I how I feel. I've been next on my list, the intermittent fasting. I felt, I mean, I felt good. Yeah. I, my cravings went down. I wasn't hungry throughout the day. I felt very mentally, uh, acute in the morning throughout the day, you know, until I would eat, I felt very focused. I didn't have to take time to eat. I didn't have to worry about what was for breakfast. I didn't have to worry, you know, I could just get up and go. And I felt good. I had good energy, which was crazy. Even if I worked out in the morning. So um, what about your energy though, or not your energy, but your hunger? Like, I swear I cannot, I'm starving by 1130 and I, my, my, I cannot think, and then I have to go eat lunch and then I'm fine. So how do you get past that? Yeah, it, uh, it takes a, a week or two sometimes. Okay not even two weeks for me, but mm -hmm. it went away. It was just okay. gone. It was like, I'm not hungry now. And I get you hungry at one or two at first. And then it goes. Okay. Yeah. It's a little discomfort for sure, but it really does just go away. Like you okay. just get not hungry. Your body starts to burn, uh, fats more uh -huh. right for fuel. And once, so they call it being metabolically flexible. So you can burn okay. fats 
or glucose right and your body will switch yeah back and forth and if you have the ability to switch back and forth which i think is very valuable oh totally you don't have to be on keto for 10 days before you can switch like you can you have your body gets the ability to do it on its own right okay and once it does that uh that's when you can kind of feel the switch because your body still has energy even if you're not eating because we have stored energy yeah it's a survival mechanism to store that energy so but for me what happened was uh, at the time I was doing the intermittent fasting, I was also not doing the workouts as much. Yeah. I could still work out, but it's like, I wasn't on a program. Like you said, having that intentionality with it, it was just kind of like, ah, I'm going to work out today. Sure. Didn't have a real plan. I got down to 163 pounds and I'm 5'11". And I've always enjoyed being athletic and What's strong. Your normal weight? Uh, now 178, 180, okay. somewhere around there. You got down quite a bit then. Yeah. So I was really, I was really lean, but yeah. I could tell I wasn't as strong and also I was getting thrown around in jujitsu. Like, you know, people, you're just easier to move because you're yeah. lighter. And I just felt like I couldn't hold, uh, my, well, and if my you're position. Weaker, you don't have the strength and yeah. Right. So the muscle, the weight gain journey specifically, not necessarily just muscle was sparked by like, okay, I'm tired of being 160 pounds. Like I want to, I want to have more muscle. I want to, I want to feel stronger. I want to do better in jujitsu. And, yeah. uh, I just started eating everything all the time. So there's no more fasting. There was no more, uh, I would skipping gain 20 meals. pounds overnight. <laughs> I did that by the way. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, I would say it's a good problem to have having a yeah. uh, being, you know, not being able to gain weight. I'm a hard gainer, right? Like yeah. I really do have a hard time gaining weight. I'm a and, hard muscle gainer, but an easy fat gainer. <laughs> ah, yeah. That's uh that's a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, it, uh, it was fun. Uh, I really, I enjoyed eating. I felt better. I really do feel, I feel better this yeah. way than I did when I was fasting even. So for me being somebody who is naturally, I lose a lot of weight. I have a very active job. I have a very active lifestyle. Yeah. So yeah. it's, you know, that's where it comes in. Maybe intermittent fasting is right for somebody mm -hmm. and maybe it's not, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just a tool to use. And it's not necessarily like, this is the way it's like, okay, does this work for you in your lifestyle right now? Yes or no. If not, okay, maybe that's not what we need to do. So for me, the fasting is not, not the way I need to eat. I need to eat a lot. At least not right now. I love that. I love how you're comparing all these different diets and, and strategies as tools in your toolbox as a coach, because, you know, I've come across so many, um, so I've gone back and forth, like how macros do I do keto, do, you know, gone back and forth, like, and I don't, I, I agree with you. I don't think you necessarily have to like hang your hat on one thing. You can definitely try different things. And maybe this, maybe keto is right for this particular client. Maybe they have issues with glucose and, and do need a more of a high fat diet. I really, I really appreciate that from coach to coach. Yeah. It's why would you paint yourself into a corner? You know, why do you have to adhere to one methodology if another one will work better for somebody? Because coaching, and you know, this working with clients is not just the science. You can't just say, this is the type of food to eat. This is when you eat. This is how much you eat. Yeah. That's not it. That, like, that could work for client A, but client B out the window. And there's right? no there's, explanation for it scientifically. Right. There's individual variances. It's personality. Mm -hmm. It's the lifestyle, it's the upbringing, it's their experiences with stuff. Maybe somebody has uh, an issue with their relationship to food. Yeah. And if they have an issue where maybe they did do, maybe they had an eating disorder at one point yeah. in their life and they would binge and then purge, or they would not eat at all. They would just not eat 
because they're going to lose weight. They're just like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. That client should not do intermittent fasting. You should not promote not eating to that client. That is not yeah. going to develop a good relationship, but it's, it's, it's all individual variances. So it's working with the person versus fitting the person to your methodology. Cause at the end of the day, we want results for our clients. And so what's it matter how those results are given to them as long as it's healthy and sustainable for that individual. And that could vary. Yes. The, the nutrition course that I took, the nutrition certification, precision Mm -hmm. nutrition, they Mm -hmm. call it client centered coaching, not coach centered coaching. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's it's super important. I love that. I love that. So, um, you put on a ton of muscle. How did you, as a, somebody that's a hard gainer, because I know there's a lot of guys out there that, that have a hard time putting on muscle. There's girls out there that have a hard time putting on muscle. Um, I always had to put on a little bit of fat when I was trying to gain muscle. What, um, what did you do to add, um, what was it? 18 pounds, uh, 15, I think 15? 15, I think it, so it was 163 to 180. So oh, okay. whatever yep. that is. 17. Um, yeah, what I did was I made sure I was getting enough protein. I made sure I was eating a lot of proteins to, to support that protein synthesis. So to rebuild after, uh, breaking the muscles down through training. And then I also upped my carbohydrates very, very high to support the high intensity training that I was doing, doing very heavy weight. Uh, and then you were doing, doing, you were doing like the five rep range, weren't you? Yes. Uh, 10 sets of five reps with a four second eccentric phase. So the main, all the main lifts were the eccentric focus to increase the time under tension for the set. So it might not be necessarily as high of a percentage of weight, um, intensity wise, if I was doing one rep or three reps, but adding that eccentric phase in Mm -hmm. like it was, it was, it was brutal. I mean, it really was like, sometimes I'll do two second negatives and that sucks. (laughs) I can't imagine for every time for every rep for 12 weeks, like probably wanted to quit at some point. Right. But you kept it out. You kept doing it. I, yeah, I did want to quit. Like there was days where I'd walk in and be like, I'd look at the bar and be like, I do not want to do this today, but I know I have to, you know, because I, I wanted to, I wanted to do it. I wanted to gain weight and I knew that this was the route for me that was going to work really well. It was the carbohydrates that really helped because you get to eat more when you train too, you know, like that's, you know, you shouldn't look at it as a reward, but you got to fuel the exercise and the carbohydrates for me allowed me to do that. So having a lot of carbs and a lot of protein is what helped. And I upped my fat too, obviously just for more caloric, uh, density in the, in the fat, having more calories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, having that high of calories, I mean, you, you've got to have some fats in there too, to not only that, but if you're eating that much protein, you're just essentially going to get more fats too. Right. Yeah. And I mean, fat, you know, dietary fat, how important that is in mm-hmm. the production of hormones oh, and yeah. you know, uh, the neurons and everything. It's just fat is super important. Fat is not the enemy. No, neither carbs, <laughs> eat the carbs, right? Fat. Eat the carbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to talk a little bit about, you had made a statement in, I think it was the podcast you did with your brother about making your bed. And I love that. I've always been a bed maker. (laughs) Um, I got my husband into making the bed now. And it's just one of those things where I don't feel like my day is set until I have the bed made. And then I also remember years ago, 
you know, sometimes I wouldn't always get to the dishes or sometimes the house would be a mess. And then I'd have to spend my Saturday cleaning up the house. And now I find that that's a very rare case anymore. And I think it's just really because when you have, when you do little, I think it all comes down to being a well-rounded individual. When you have all those things organized, you end up having more time to spend. And not only that, but it just like sets your mood for the day too. Yeah, it does. It just gives you a little peace of mind. You feel like you have control over something yeah. because there are days where you just feel like you don't have control over anything. Everything's outside of your control. And that feels uh, stressful. That causes stress and anxiety because you feel like I don't have control over anything. So just kind of getting your house in order, making your bed will allow you to feel like, okay, I did something. I know when I get home, my bed is going to be made. I'm going to feel a little bit better. Yeah. I may have eaten a crappy cheeseburger at lunch, but I made my bed. (laughs) At at least, right? Like you can at least say that. But yeah, I do. I have to put my, I put my house in order. Like it takes five minutes, but if I let it go day after day after day, obviously it's going to take a couple hours, you know, by the time you let it go day after day. So, so yeah, those are just little strategies that I love to, to talk about because honestly, making your bed, it's, it's not the, the, the fact that your bed made is made, right. It's the fact that you're just that much more organized. You're just that much more productive. You're just that much more proud of yourself and at peace. It takes some of the, I call it like mental clutter. Uh, you've got all these things bouncing yeah. around your head all day and like having a messy house and a messy bed is just one more thing bouncing around there. Let's take that away and open up some cognitive space to focus on what's important. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's just, honestly, I think we live in a world where, where there's too much choice, there's too many options and, and that just causes too much clutter. And, and honestly, it just, it just causes havoc for, for all areas really. Yeah. It's like when you go to the store and there's 17 different, uh, pasta options, cereal options, uh, you know, different salad mixes. Like, what do you do? How would somebody figure that out? I, I think I saw on your YouTube channel, you went through and did a grocery shopping tour, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. You know how beneficial that is for people. When I talk to some people that come in here, they're like, I don't even know where to start Yeah. because there's so many options. So sometimes simplifying is the way picking a picking yeah. a route and moving forward. I did a reel once about, um, Oh, or I don't know if I, I don't know what it was, but it was like, <laughs> I should, I should have yogurt, but not too much sugar. I should fast, but I shouldn't fast too soon. I should eat this, but I shouldn't have that. And I should have, you know, work out this much, but don't work out too much. I need to get sleep and not too much sleep. And it's just like, no wonder you're so freaking confused. I was listening to a podcast where, uh, this lady was talking about her diet and the, she was on with this like nerd, like super high level neurologist that knew his stuff. Right. But he was telling her like, oh, yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have spinach and almonds together. You should have those separate. And I'm thinking, dear Lord, the ladies having almonds and spinach. Like, let's not let's not overcomplicate this. Like, good job, girlfriend. You're you're making good choices. Right. <laughs> like, a, that. Celebrate that, that you're making right. good choices. It's you get uh, paralysis by analysis. That's another yeah. one of my favorite sayings. Like, totally. don't make it more complicated than it needs yeah. to be. Like, if you're not eating candy and processed food and you're eating spinach and almonds, I'm not going to complain. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you brought up the paralysis by analysis because I, I swear, like, I, I love to live by that because I really think that is um, a huge reason why people don't get started is because 
There's too many options. They don't know where to start, but you know what? Even if you just went to the gym and walked on the treadmill for 20 minutes, cause you didn't know any different. That's a start. Don't yep. overthink it. Cool. I'm up at six. Now what? Just go, just go do it. Um, and the other thing is too, is there's times where it's cold and crappy out and I don't want to go to the gym or I, whatever. I just go. I don't think about how bad I don't want to go. I just go, you know? Yeah. And you know, the funny thing that happens is when you make that decision to start and you take the action to start, you go and walk uh, on the treadmill at the gym for 20 minutes. You probably end up meeting somebody who maybe has been working out for 10 years. Maybe they can help you out and lead you on to the next path and the next thing, you know, and then they can give you a book and then you go find that book and that book leads you to a podcast. You find that podcast and then you figure out, oh, I've learned so much in the last six months. If I would never would have went to the gym and walked on the treadmill, I wouldn't know how to eat healthier. I wouldn't know that sleep is important. And you learn because you started. Absolutely. And I don't know how many times I've gone not wanting to go. And it ended up being like the best workout I've ever had, you know? <laughs> yeah. You never say after a good workout, like, wow, I wish I didn't do that. Even if it's a bad workout. That. Unless yeah. I like tweaked my back or something. And then I'm always a little pissed. But <laughs> Yeah. That's the injuries are never fun, but it's a part of life, right? You can get hurt getting out of bed. So absolutely. I guess one last thing I want to know is, you know, I work with a lot of busy working parents that are just trying to be um, just that have always kind of either put their careers or their kids or their, you know, significant others first. And they're trying to finally find a piece of themselves and make themselves healthy. Um, I guess we kind of touched on it, but what is, what is the one thing somebody can start with? Yeah. Scheduling, right. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have to sit down and look at what, where you're allotting certain things and what time you're allotting to those things. And a lot of people say they don't have time to work out. They don't have time to eat healthy. Yeah. You're you're never going to have time. If that's your attitude, you have to make the time. And I know that sounds uh, somewhat abrasive potentially, but it's going to help you in the long run, make that time and make it happen. And I'm going to add what you said, you know, trying different things, being okay with trying different, different tactics and methods, Mm -hmm. uh, into that time that you set for yourself. Maybe one thing that you try doesn't work, but try something else. But setting that time and holding yourself accountable to that is where you should start. I absolutely could not agree more. You know, a lot of people want the easy route and and I hate to break it to them, but if you really truly want to achieve your goals and you really truly want to be satisfied, it comes with work. It comes with prioritizing and it comes with sometimes saying no to things you don't want to have to say no to. Yeah. I mean, that's, we have to make sacrifice. Anything worthwhile is going to take some sacrifice. It is. It is. Well, Hey, I so appreciate you being on today. Um, this is honestly, I feel like we could like rabbit hole all day long on all these different topics, but we kind of, you know, skim the surface over all of it. And I think it's going to be a really great podcast that our listeners will get a lot out of. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad I had the opportunity. Uh, anytime I can hop on and talk to anybody about the stuff that I love, I am all for it. Absolutely. Yes. Me too. Me too. Okay. So how can our listeners um, start following you? Where can they find you online? Yeah. So uh, I've been utilizing, we have a Facebook page. It's Enlightened Athlete. Um, I've been utilizing my personal page on Facebook more. It just has a little bit bigger reach. So Shane McMaster on Facebook, also Dakota Susie. He's my other coach here and he runs the jujitsu. So Dakota Susie on uh, Facebook, but on Instagram, I'm at Enlightened Athlete. Dakota is at Enlightened Athlete 2, the number two. So kept that easy. Um, Yeah. Instagram's a big one for us. We do a lot of stuff on Instagram. 
obviously the podcast, Get Uncomfortable. That's our big project that we're pushing yeah. right now. That's where we're putting out a ton of information. And, and great podcast too. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so Get Uncomfortable and then EnlightenedAthlete.com. Those are the main ones. Awesome. Awesome. And Sean and I are going to come down and grab a workout with you sometime because I think it'd be super cool. And I don't know, maybe we could broadcast it live or something. That'd be fun. That'd be awesome. I think that'd be beneficial for everybody. Heck yeah. Awesome. If you like this episode, please be sure to tune in every single Tuesday morning. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications so you don't miss a beat. We'd love it if you shared this podcast, your Instagram story, Facebook page, or any other social media platform so that we can help others out there become the best versions of themselves. We so appreciate you listening in and until next time, keep your goals high, but keep each step attainable.